everybody, and welcome to another edition of Confessions of a Keyboardist. And I'm here today with Kira Small. Hi. Welcome, Kira. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. And I have to, you know, confess that I'm just meeting you today. Yep. And the reason why I am meeting you is I was watching a post in Nashville Music Women talking about where are all the badass keyboard female players <laughs> in town. That. I remember that. And there, bam, you came up. I was so happy because <laughs> it's so hard to find all of us, it seems, mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe it's just because I'm not able to go out every night and, and catch everybody playing all the time. Right. You know? But um, I was so excited. I, I messaged you. You messaged me back. And here mm-hmm. we are today. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to get to learn more about you and, and just hear about what you're doing and, and let everybody else know what you're doing. And cool. So welcome. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Yeah, you bet. So, um, what's, what's going on with you? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I, I guess I'll start by saying, you know, my main gig is as a vocalist. Um, I'm a singer-songwriter, so I do my own stuff, you know, I'm keyboard-based, um, and I write mostly on piano, some on guitar as well, but, um, and, uh, but I do a lot of session work in town uh, on vocal sessions. You know, I, I very rarely do piano sessions, but... Um, uh, people are often surprised when they hear me, you know, the people who know me as a singer, are, you know, then they find out, they watch me playing keys, and they're like, oh, damn, look at you go. <laughs> um, and that's kind of fun. But um, I just finished, uh, earlier this summer, I did a tour with, I took a little trio out, um, out to Colorado and back, a little couple of weeks, about two and a half weeks. I did, uh, I won a songwriting contest at the... Rocky Mountain Folks Fest last year, and one wow. of the yeah that was pretty cool. One of the uh, prizes was a spot on the main stage at oh, the how, following year's festival. How yeah, great! So it was super fun. Um, I mostly when I when I tour, I do a lot of solo touring. Just you know, I schlep my keyboard around, um, wow. and and I play a lot of house concerts and stuff like that, which is great. Um, but I thought, okay, I've got a main stage set. How do I want to do this? I could do a solo set. I've, you know, I'm very com- competent doing that, confident, but how cool would it be to start the day off of a folks fest with a little R&B trio from Nashville <laughs> that's well honed? And so I got, I got some guys together and, and we shined up a little show and, and played some stuff and had so much fun. That's so great. Much fun. Yeah. That was this past summer? Yeah, that was just a few months back. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, what town? Uh, oh, that was the festival was in Lyons, Colorado. But we, you know, we toured around. We did uh, we did some stuff in uh, in Missouri and in Nebraska and then in Texas um, and Colorado on the way out there. Okay, but, yeah, it was really fun. Great, really fun. Did you book those gigs yourself? Yeah. Or yeah. really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you're wearing a lot of hats. Yes. Most of the time. Yes. Yes. I don't have uh, I don't have a booking agent or a manager or anything like that. Uh, I keep thinking I should probably get something like that. But um, but yeah, I'm doing it all myself. Wow. I'm sure people have mixed feelings about that. Oh yeah, it's a, that's a double edged sword for sure. How long have you been in Nashville? Eighteen years. Eighteen years. Okay. Yeah. So that would be. I'm trying to think what year that would be. 2001, <laughs> right before you. 9/11. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for not making me do math. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> right before 9/11. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's a time marker yes. for so many of us. Yes. Um, a massive marker. Yeah. Um, and so you came to Nashville. Um, where are you from? I'm from Milwaukee. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
And did you come straight from Milwaukee to Nashville? No. Oh, my gosh. I was all over the place. Um, uh, I went to Berkeley College of Music straight out of high school. I went to Milwaukee High School of the Arts. Still wearing my high school jacket here, which cracks me up. Um, pulled that out the mothballs. Um, <laughs> uh, went to Berkeley College of Music straight out of high school. Um, finished that in three years. Oh, wow. Because I tested out of some ear training stuff, thanks to having good ears and a lot of the stuff that I learned at the School of the Arts. Um, and when How nice is that? It's pretty great. It's pretty great. And were you a main, like, um, did you have a focus in high school? Uh, well, <laughs> I've never been focused. I've, yeah. I can never choose <laughs> what I want to do. Like, I often say, like, I could, I could get a lot farther as a backup singer if I was only doing that and not trying to go off and do my own tours and stuff, too. I could also probably get a lot further in my solo artist career if I wasn't saving time to do these backup singer gigs and sessions and stuff. But sure. I refuse to give any of it up because it's all part of me. And even in high school, um, I was in the concert choir and the vocal ensemble, but I also was in a keyboard ensemble. Um, sometimes I would play in it was a jazz ensemble. And so sometimes I would play in that. Sometimes oh, wow. I would sing in that. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, yeah. And so we're learning a lot of theory and, and, and harmony and learning about improvisation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I got a pretty cool head start there. It was great. It's fantastic. Everybody that mentions jazz lessons um, seems to, you know, credit it yeah. with giving them quite a head start in commercial mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. It's, it's incredibly important, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely. Did you have um, private piano lessons as a kid? I did for a little while. It's funny. Um, my mom played when she was younger, and um, so when I was a little kid, she showed me. She showed me the beginning of stuff. Like I remember, she showed me the beginning of Furleys, and you know, she, I think, um, or was it that? Or no, 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 it wasn't Furleys. It was um, uh, one of those Joplin things, The Entertainer. She showed me da 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 Right. And I was just sitting there one day bored because I grew up in Wisconsin and we were snowed in half the year. Um, so I, I went from da 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 and I picked out bum, bum, you know, da 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 bum. I just kept picking out parts and I'm just sitting there. I'm like five, six. My dad came in and he's like, who showed you that? I'm like, nobody. And he's like, <laughs> oh, piano teacher, step. <laughs> so they sent me to um, to this woman, um, Sister Marion Verhalen, I think I think was her name, um, who did kind of an alternative approach with kids. Like she would teach, she would work with like improvisation and stuff like that, encouraging you to to play by ear. That well, was I unexpected. It was. I yeah. thought you were going to say. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, I'm sorry, people. I fell into uh, a stereotype. I uh, did. I, when I heard sister, you know, I, yes, just, I thought I know. it was a very strict piano classical. I mean. I know. But she was, you know, but I didn't know anything yet. She's like, okay, she actually needs to know some notes and stuff first before she can before we can do this she's like she's not ready she's got an ear but she's not ready she needs to learn some stuff first so then they found a piano teacher in my little dink town where I, you know outside milwaukee and this woman bless her heart um she taught piano lessons to little kids but she had a white carpet i'm like how what so what i what i remember the most about those lessons is that i had to take my shoes off before i walked in the room and i was like what i didn't understand so, and i used to walk to my lessons because it was close enough to my house. So one day I thought, I know what I'll do. 
I put my slippers on before I left my house and I walked all the way to her house in my slippers and then I didn't take them off and she's like take your slippers off I'm like what they're slippers she's like but they've been outside I just was like huh oh oh tomboy butt did not understand I seriously yeah oh man you my if I wish you could see my studio right now (laughs) I know this is just podcast land but it is quite um it's lived in and it's comfortable there you go and I'm I would be uncomfortable were it tidier (laughs) (laughs) yeah needless to say that white carpet just mm. oh my goodness Um, but what I learned from her I didn't I didn't realize this until later um you know she was teaching me we worked on the Clementi Sonatinas and things like that and that's kind of where I was by the time I took lessons from her for about three or four years I think okay I think it was about fifth grade when I when I quit um and but what I realized is I was halfway through one of those Clementi Sonatinas and I wanted to learn the rest of it and she'd teach you know I, I had the flashcards and the every good boy does fine and all the stuff and I, I knew the notes but I was super slow at reading mm. and I didn't realize that until I did I stopped taking lessons I was like, oh, I never really learned to read. I just listened to what she was doing and I copied her. Yeah. I didn't realize how much I'd been playing by ear. Yes. Until I had to, till I didn't have anybody to copy anymore. And then I had to go in there and, and I got faster at reading, but still, I can sight read vocally like, like crazy. But for piano, one line at a time, got it. <laughs> I, I, got, I understand. Yeah. And I mean, I can really relate. I have students who, you know, that's their main function too. Uh huh. Um, the ear. Yeah. I mean, the, I, I have heard, and I believe it's true, just from my experience in teaching, that people are driven by eyes. You know, they're, they're, they can be visual, they mm-hmm. can be oral, their ears, yep. or kinesthetic, their bodies. Yes. And, you know, if you get all of those firing at once. Oh, yeah. Cool stuff happens. For real. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes total sense to me that that's mm-hmm. what, how you were operating. Yes. Yes. And uh, a couple years later, junior high school... I remember uh, hearing something on the radio. Um, it was, you know, mid-80s, early 80s. Uh, and I think it was, it was just some pop song on the radio. I think it was like Jack Wagner's All I Need or something. Something with a very prominent piano, ballady 80s thing. Right. And I remember going, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder if I could play that. Like, it never occurred to me before to try to, play something I heard, but it just was like a bell went off. Okay. A light bulb, and I went to the piano, and I sat down, and, and boy, it just, it came out super quick, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm magical. <laughs> I'm a magical being. I have powers. That's great. <laughs> I was like, whoa. My, my tiny mind was blown. And I sat there for like two hours just playing along with the radio. And oh, some yeah. stuff yeah. was like, you know, and then there, then something with a prominent piano would come on again, and I'd be like, look at me go, you know. Yes. And that started a new path for me as well. Like, oh, man, I really can do this. But, and I think maybe it was there when I thought it I dawned on me even more that, oh, that's what I was probably doing before in those lessons, which mm-hmm. is why I actually didn't really get any good at reading because I was just listening to her. Gotcha. Yeah. But the other thing that was fascinating that happened in this – um, in what journey, whatever you, however you want to say it. Okay, that was totally stuttery. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other fascinating bit that happened um, 
in my development was, I think, second grade, second or third grade, our music teacher at Muskego Elementary School um, taught us solfege. Okay. And it was right at the same time I was mm-hmm. learning, yes. you know, C, D, E, F, G on the piano. Right. And Do, Re, Mi, Fa, So sounded awful lot like C, D, E, F, G. Absolutely. And so my little brain just went, and put them together. Yes. And and it translates to any key. One, two, three, four, five. Exactly. Exactly. Which is why numbers made perfect sense to me. I started learning, I think I started learning Nashville Number System actually when I was at Berkeley because there were, you know, I took some country music classes and they're starting to talk about that and I was like well that makes perfect sense okay um and uh yeah yeah there's a lot of um research you know to suggest that um that's the pattern singing especially you know half steps whole steps Mm -hmm. and by the age of 10 you know until up until a child's 10 that you know the brain is very open to learning music yeah and can be shaped so grateful I learned that stuff yeah I, I found him later Really? After I went on, because I went, I graduated from Berkeley, um, went on, did some gigging and stuff, moved to a couple different places, and um, and then I went back and taught at Berkeley for a couple of years. Did you really? Yeah. Wow. yeah in the voice department. And, um, Man. But I found, once I moved to Nashville, um, something, you know, we had, the, the internet was getting better, we had computers, whatever, and I was able to, I was like, man, maybe I should look that guy up and see if I can find him. And I found him. And I sent him a letter. That's so great. I said, I just want you to know, mm-hmm. since I teach too, you know, I know what it means to have a student, to make a difference for a student. Yes. And I just want you to know the difference that you made for me. This is what I've gone on to do awesome. so far. And he was like, well, he was a principal at a, or assistant principal at a school in North Carolina or something. And he was like, whoa. You know, That's yeah. so great. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was a good day. I'm that sure. was a good day sending that email. Yes. Yeah. I've done the same. Yeah. 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 It's... Yeah. it's um, music. Well, I mean, where would I be without it? I'm sure you probably feel the same way. But, oh yeah, yeah. Um, when you were playing that Jack Wagner tune or whatever it was, yeah. Uh, were you? What age would you say you were? About about twelve. Okay, really, I think. pretty young. So, yeah. so did you start writing songs when you were a teenager too? I did. Okay, and did I you did. use the piano? Yeah. So not guitar at all, or well, you know, I my dad played guitar. Um, he played a handful of chords, so he showed me a few chords, and then in in. Also in junior high, there was like a little elective, six, eight week elective, and our choir teacher, you know, taught us a couple of guitars, you know, or guitar songs or something, just okay. three, four chords. Um, so and since I had a guitar at home, I could futz around with it. Um, all right. My dad's guitar was there. Some people choose guitar, some people choose piano. Do, yeah. you, do you do both? I write on guitar. Um, and it's funny, this last tour that I did with the band, I, I, wrote, a, I wrote a song about my truck. Uh, several years back and I tried to write it on piano but it just wasn't right and I was like I have to write this on guitar and I, my, my joke and my banter is I said I'm pretty sure it's illegal in the state of Tennessee to write a truck song on the piano so I had to write this on guitar but um, but I would always say like I you know I'm, I'm not a good enough guitar player to play it in front of people and I was like I'm tired of that narrative so I started practicing every day and I, I would play that one song on guitar <laughs> you know I slept the guitar on tour for one song every night I'm sure the guy the drummer and bass player were like why you know <laughs> because it must be because <laughs> it must be yes but so yeah I still I write on guitar some as well but but uh, more on piano. Okay. Um, and I guess you probably had some fundamentals, some rudiments that you knew on piano, like some scales or... Well, I mean, you know, I, I did take, you know, I four took four years, years of, of, of 
regular traditional classical piano stuff. Okay. Um, and so, then yeah. and then learning the solfege and and then junior high school was uh, in choir. She she did some solfege stuff with us. Um, and I think I was in. I found my way to like performing troops in there somewhere, because I was always singing through this whole thing. Right. And um, so I kept f- looking for avenues to do that. Gotcha. And um, in choir, I remember our choir teacher in junior high working on solfege with us. Of course, that was old hat for me. And sure. And uh, so every now and again, you know, she'd sit, have me sit down, so the other the rest of the class had a chance. Because I'd always sing it first, and then they'd all just copy me. <laughs> um, gotcha. Um, but then when I went to the high school of the arts, uh, by the time I got there, I did the, they did a sight reading test, a vocal sight reading test, because I was going for, for voice. And okay. she's like, nobody's ever gotten this perfect before. Congratulations. So I was like, huh? <laughs> but you knew treble clef real well, probably. Well, yeah. Then. I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be- certainly better than bass clef, but... Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's pretty normal, I think, for most people to learn. Well, that seems like most piano methods start with treble clef. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're a little bit different nowadays yeah, than they yeah. used to be, but... Yeah, I never thought about that, but yeah, probably. And, you know, as a singer, of course, you know, most of the sight reading that I do is in treble clef. So yes, I just yes I hang out there more. Um, okay, so you go through high school and you're singing in choirs and stuff, mm-hmm. and like so it's a it's a school for the arts and it's in Milwaukee. Milwaukee High School of so, the Arts. So that's a very large school, I would think, and probably a lot. Probably a it actually was pretty small. It's the smallest. Uh, it's a magnet school, so everybody had to want to be there. Um, and so my graduating class was like ninety people or something. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, it was pretty small. Um, I, I bet uh, it was fun. Oh god, it was great. It was great um, for so many reasons. Um, you know, I was in the, in the city where I'd grown up out in the suburbs. And so suddenly, you know, there was somebody in my homeroom was, you know, having her quinceanera. And I was like, you're what? 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 That? Huh? You know, that's cool. What's that? You know, and then there were, there was, there was a, um, you know, people, people listening to gospel stuff, which I'd never been exposed to growing up in a hippie ass Unitarian church, you know. Right. Um, people go, do you, did you grow up in church? I'm like, not like how you think, you know, because <laughs> um, I do a lot of like R and B soul stuff. I'm like, no, not, that's not where this came from. I don't know where it came from. Um, but um, there was uh, there was musicals happening, and I remember there was one that was kind of had some gospel stuff, and so I ended up like playing piano for the gospel song in the in the in the musical one time, um, and that just kind of fell into place because you were able you were playing by because I could play by ear. Yes, gotcha. Yes. And, um, but there was also the, the keyboard ensemble, um, that I was in the jazz ensemble. Um, but another interesting bit was there was a woman named Penny Goodwin, great jazz singer from Milwaukee, who, um, started working at the school as a paraprofessional. Um, and one of, one of the things, you know, Penny had a secret mission, which was, um, to, uh, find a little quartet to do like cool backup stuff for her. So Ooh. she handpicked some people. Okay. I was one of them. A little Manhattan transfer type stuff. Yeah. Because that was really big back then. I love them. Yeah. And um, so she'd been working with this piano player named Sam Stefke. And Sam did arrangements for us. So once she picked us out, she said, okay, I want you to, you know, are you interested in this? And, uh, and so we all went over and we met at Sam's house. And he did these arrangements and we'd play around. And, wow. And it was so cool. And we'd go do gigs with Penny. Okay. You know, we weren't getting paid, but, you know, we were like, this is great! Ah! You, know, and, you know, I played Summerfest when I was still in high school. Okay. Um, that's, kind of, that's a big deal in Milwaukee. Big, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's the biggest music festival in the world. 
Um, wow. I didn't know it. It's just it was just in my hometown, but I had no clue. Yeah, yeah. And, so uh, and still is. Yeah, yeah. So you're getting professional experience uh-huh. in, in, high in high school as a singer and as yeah. a musician. Yeah. And looking looking at those arrangements, and I was of course my little brain was like, ooh, look at all those parts. Ah. And I remember sitting at the piano one day at Sam's house, and he was like, what What are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. Um, so I ended up taking some private lessons with Sam. Ooh. And the that plot was thickens. Yeah, that was in high school, and that was that was like jazz stuff, and he'd do arrangements for me, and um, wow. and, and and more like pop stuff, but he'd show me how to like reharm it and make it cooler. Um, wow. Yeah, and uh, the funny part was he he'd write stuff for me, and I'd be like, Sam, I've been trying and trying and trying, but I can't. Look how tiny my hand is. I can't reach that tenth. Right. I can't. And he's like, Oh my god, I'm sorry. You know. I have these little baby hands. Yes. Um, so he'd redo the, you know, he's like, well, do this instead. Um, but so that opened my ears up some more. Absolutely. Um, and then Sam was the one, I think Sam was the one that I first heard about Berkeley College of Music because he'd gone to Berkeley. Oh, um, okay. And that's, it, it always takes a mentor. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody to shine a light down uh-huh. the path. I mean, I think some of, the other, some of the other students in the jazz ensemble were talking about it too. Um, right. But, and the teacher, of course. Um, but what were lessons with him like? Were they just kind of free or did you have like, did he give you exercises and things to do or can you remember? I, I don't um, remember exercises. It was more like learn it, bring a tune and learn it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he'd work on stuff and, you know, try to play it and, and, you know, making sure I could get, and make, probably like more feel based because, mm-hmm. you know, Sam's an accompanist. Okay. And that's, that's really where. I come from as a piano player. It's very rare that I'm, you know, I'm never just playing to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm playing along with either myself singing or somebody else singing. Okay. Um, and that's how I've learned my first gig playing piano. Um, where, let's see, the first time I got paid to play piano probably was um, Pat O'Brien's. In New Orleans. Right. And I'd, I'd been in a, a... How in the world was that your first paying gig? <laughs> I know, right? What? I was I, 21. I was just sitting here like, wait a minute. Yeah. Did she just say? Yes, she did. <laughs> first She paying. did. Yeah. Um, I'd been paid to sing by then, but um, I had been in a theme park show at Fiesta, Texas, which was, you know, same entertainment company as Opryland. Okay. Yeah, kind of sister park over there. And... Is this while you're at Berkeley or in between? I, the summer... Um, my first summer at home, I did general ed stuff. But yeah, my second summer, in between Berkeley stuff, I went and did a gig there. Okay, Fiesta, and Texas. Fiesta, Texas. And what city is this? San Antonio. Okay. Um, and then I went back after I graduated and uh, and did some more shows there. And the piano player there, the second year, um, was uh, had done a stint at Pat O'Brien's when they had a little spot in Cancun, and. A friend that he knew that played at the one in New Orleans, who'd kind of been a, a friend and a mentor to him, was in town for something else. He's like, I'm going to go have dinner with her tonight. Do you, know, do you want him to come? Mm-hmm. Why he said that, <laughs> I have no idea. Why I was in the band guy's dressing room that day hanging, I have no idea. So I went and met Henrietta. And we talk about Pat O'Brien's. And Jay, Jay was like, you, sh- you should go do that gig. You could do it. I was like, I don't play piano well enough to do that. And he's like... It doesn't matter. He's like, for that kind of gig, it's not about that. He's like, you know songs, you're an entertainer, you can sing, you're flexible, the piano will come. Okay. And I was like, uh-huh. you know. <laughs> so I went 
several months later, a friend and I did a road trip and I went and auditioned um, and for Mr. Sonny, God rest him, who owned the place. And he was so funny. He said, well, you know, your, your slow songs are beautiful. Fat, you need to, look, need to work, up, work on those fast songs a little bit. You know, but you, you got a little time to work on it. My understanding is you're not you're not free until January anyway. So uh, you practice you practice them slow songs or those fast songs a little bit, and you got yourself a job in, in January. I was like, okay. <laughs> Did not know what I was getting into. Had no idea. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. so great. And Henrietta gave me like a, a, she she bestowed upon me um, her compiled list of the most requested songs and said, do your best to learn these. And I was like. So, and this is again pre-internet so you can't just google stuff so i'm going to libraries i'm photocopying music i'm yeah you know yes buying buying compilation books so i used to yes <laughs> and yeah that, that's how we knew we really wanted it yeah boy howdy yeah <laughs> you know i yeah. mean that when i hear you say that i think to myself that's you know yeah yeah you do anything you go to any length you yeah. you would to find this stuff uh-huh yeah, that's really cool. She shared her set list with you. That's really cool. That was. She was so like, cool. don't tell anybody I did this. So sorry, I, you know, it's been enough years. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, I did that for a few months, and I was just like, New Orleans was too much for me. I was like, ah, I got to get out of here. So I moved to Austin after just a couple of months in New Orleans. Um, How did the gig go? I just the Pat O'Brien's thing? It mm-hmm. went well. I mean, it, Good. you know. How did you, and so you were, so did you practice all these tunes and stuff? You were like, yeah, yeah. You were, you were I, like, I did my best to learn what I could, and then I would show up with books, and see, you know, it's all by request, so you never know what you're gonna get. All swing and jazz, or <laughs> no, it's it's requests. Like, you know, can you play the Purdue fight song? Do you know this this song on the radio? Do you know blah blah blah? You never know what you're so gonna it get. It was piano bar. It was piano bar, but it's oh, dueling wow. pianos too. Oh, so it was. It was dueling. Okay. It was always like if I got a request that like if I didn't know any of the requests, I could just play something. I could play blue suede shoes, or I could play you know, sure whatever I, whatever was in my wheelhouse. Sure, and then. And, you know, the other person over here would handle the request or something. Okay. You know, now if you, it, it, nice. in a dueling situation like that, you know, if, if you don't do any of their requests and that, that person has to handle them all, they're going to look at you like, yeah, what are you doing over here? <laughs> you know? Um, right. Getting a little help, but, um, right. But so I, I learned a lot in that two months, eight weeks or whatever. Yeah. I bet you did. Oof. Yeah, because I'd be in there at 3 in the morning during Mardi Gras, and I was like, holy crap, <laughs> what, have I, what have I done? And you're like 22 years old? 21. 21, okay. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was all okay. before, my, before I turned 22. Yeah, right. I was like, okay, i got to get out of here. <laughs> okay. But, uh, but I moved to Austin, okay. and a buddy of mine that I'd gone to college with, um, I was staying with him in their extra room, and he was playing drums for this guy, that, and he had a regular gig down at a place called Don's Depot. And it was a piano bar, but like not a dueling piano bar. It was a you know, there was a piano there and room for a rhythm section as well. So okay. sometimes it was solo piano, sometimes it was piano with a full band. Okay. And Billy played drums for this guy, and so he's like, "You gotta come check it out." So I went checked it out. I was like, "That's cool." And then a week or so later, he said, "Listen, Don says that the woman who's playing on Thursday nights needs to give up her gig." And he heard about you, and he wants to know if you might be, you know, interested in auditioning. Bam, and like, open Okay, it. so suddenly I had a gig, and it was a four-hour gig. I got paid 50 bucks to play four hours. Oh, no. Plus tips, you know. But I was 22, oh. and I was like, okay, woohoo! You know. Um, <laughs> Lots and, of energy. You know, and... Yeah, a lot of times I'd made more tips than the 50 bucks, whatever. But I learned a ton. And, and again, like... <laughs> 
When I first started, I swear everything sounded like a polka. <laughs> because I just didn't know what to do. Um, you mean the company of hearts? Yes. So just like bass, chord, bass, chord, yes. bass, chord, yes. bass, chord. Okay. Yeah, I didn't have I didn't have much finesse going on yet. I was like, Ugh. gotcha. But boy, did I learn! It got a lot better, you know. Because you're playing every night. Was, well, I wasn't playing every night, but I was playing once a week and for a long time. Okay. And I was trying to learn. I spent a lot of time learning stuff. In, you in you mean you were practicing? Yes. <laughs> it's yes. such a good thing to do sometimes. <laughs> And I was to tell people, like, listen, you know, I'd love to know what songs you want to hear. I'd show up with two bags full of music books, and I'd, oh, I'd read through stuff. Because I could read melodies and chords. I wasn't, you know, sight-reading sure. piano parts or anything like that. But Yeah, um, I really relate. Yeah, yeah. And then I'd say, if I don't know it this week, I'll find it. You come back next week. Mm-hmm. And I would go to the music. Sometimes I'd just look at it. And again, you couldn't even, like, take a picture with your phone because we didn't have that yet. Yeah. You know? Right. I would, like, decide, do I have enough money to buy this book? Is there enough other songs in this book that I think I'll I can justify it. that $27 or whatever? That's right. But I have a bunch of fake books at home that are just beat to hell. Yes. That's <laughs> beat to hell. And you're schlepping them to gigs for I decades. think there's several over there as well. Yeah. I really relate to everything you're saying. Yeah. And, you know, I think people love the, the fact that you said, I don't know what this week, but come back next week. And, uh-huh. you know, they feel that connection. And yeah. They, they're, they're excited that you're willing to go that extra mile to make them happy. And, you know, uh-huh. and probably looking forward to your version of it. What yeah. will she do with it? You know? Yeah. And I spent, um, I spent five years there every Thursday night. And for a while I did Mondays as well, some Mondays. And um, that's a good run. Yeah. Yeah. And I did some, it's funny, like, um, Don, who is who I consider my my Texas dad, every time you know, every time I go back to visit, he goes, "When are you moving back to Austin, Texas? Where you belong?" <laughs> he still plays. He's what got to turn he eighty. He's a piano player, and he he started playing in that bar the year I was born, and then five six years later he, is when he took it over and renamed it Don's Depot. Wow! He's like, that's that's one way to have a gig. Wow! Open a piano bar, you know? It <laughs> sure is. Yeah. So he still plays a couple nights a week. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna have to go check him out. Oh man, yeah. I have a sister yeah. that lives um, an hour north of Austin. Uh huh. I have to drag her down there. I still go back. Um, I still go back when I, whenever I can, and I'll try to book a gig. And, and I took my guys on on the on this little trio tour. To um, Don's Don's. We Depot. played two nights at Don's. Yeah, yeah. We did a happy hour show. Usually the shows are like nine to one there, but we played happy hour shows. And it was a blast, and all my, all my people came out the woodwork. You know, Aww. they used to come see me. It was a lot of fun. Wow. Yeah. And I took, you know, my, my boys, my my uh, rhythm section. I was like, you guys, just wait till you, you got to get a load of this place. They were like, whoa, this is rad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty unique spot. But I, you know, I learned so much there and I learned, I was doing a gig there. This is what I, what I meant to say. Um, Saturday nights is when Don would have bands and uh, he knew that another musician friend in town who's been a huge mentor for me, been a wonderful friend, Chris Gage, one of the best piano players I've ever heard, one of the best guitar players I've ever heard, and a killer damn singer, too. He's just so musical, and he, oh, I, I, he's one of the people I want to be when I grow up. Um, and uh, he's like, maybe you and Chris could put a band together and do, and do a gig together. I was like, okay, that'd be fun. And uh, so Chris was playing guitar, I'm playing piano, and, you know, Chris got a bass player and drummer, and, and I'm over here just playing bass in my left hand and chords over here, and find, Chris leans over. He's like, do you want me to send Marley home? Do, do we need to, like, we're paying a bass player. <laughs> he literally made me sit on my left hand <laughs> because I didn't know what else to, I just kept, I didn't know how to not just 
plunk out bass notes with it. It's, you know, that is so, I, I love that you said that. And that's, that's a point that um, I think, you know, a lot of piano players find their way around because they are listening to the, you know, yeah. knowing the bass part is sort of an anchor. It mm-hmm. helps ground you yes. uh, to what chord you're going to be playing. It's a different way of thinking if you don't play that note. And, right. And you just have to play the chords. You have to just hear the bass, think the bass, uh-huh. and play the chords. And since I've, you know, I came from a background of just playing solo. So I'm trying to be everything. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to, like, give you the whole groove. Right? As much as I can with two hands and a, and a face, you know? Right. Um, it's a lot of hard work. Yeah. I and think before, playing in a band is very different. It is. So it really is. That's sitting on my hand. I was it like, is. Oh. <laughs> you, um, before I hit record, I think you were talking about that your left hand is bass. You mm-hmm. think of your right hand as chords and your, your vocals are melody. Yeah. And that's a big challenge for all piano players, especially if you're playing jazz. Yeah. How are you going to divvy out those three parts between two hands? Right. It's a big deal. Yeah. So, and it's made a difference like when I do go play for other people, either either when I play in a band with my own stuff or any you know any kind of band, wedding band, whatever, um, or if I play for um, for friends, other, other singer-songwriters and stuff, I have to like, my, my, what I'm trying to learn now is how to play less. Okay. But play like just the right thing. Right. Restraint, I mean, as a singer or as a, or as a, piano player and I think probably as a human restraint is something that comes with with age and experience and you know (laughs) it would would seem yeah yeah and I mean I have to just joke about myself because you know if I after a four-hour gig my back is hurting my feet hurt you know it's not like the way that it used to be yes and so yeah restraint isn't physical necessity yeah (laughs) it can be sometimes One of my one of my uh, good friends who produced a couple records for me, Bruce Dees, he he had a, a, a saying like, "Ooh, man, he's playing like he ain't got the gig yet." So. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Calm down. Some of my favorite, you know. I mean, it's amazing to hear people do amazing things. <laughs> um, and and but what inspires me now is when I hear somebody just wait and wait and wait and then go. Like oh, like just the right choice, and like the fact that you waited and heard that and just did that because that's all it needed. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, you could have put a bunch of stuff on that, but right, that would have just you know gone (laughs) right. Yeah, especially when you're you know playing playing for a singer, Um, and and I've had to learn. Yeah, I'm still working on that myself. Is how to how to play less when I'm. And not overplay when I'm when I'm doing my own stuff. So it sounds like piano's kind of been like um like the foundation of a house for you in a while. Yeah, like it really has been. The the foundation and then maybe the walls and yep. you're like the the, uh, the vo- your vocals. Mm-hmm. You've you've been a structure for yourself for your yeah. vocals. Piano's been a real big help to you to make you to help you get gigs for your totally. for singing. Totally. And and it's you know and it, it still allows me to. Um, to do my own stuff, to write my own stuff, to, to work parts out, to just, and to just have fun, you know, mm-hmm. um, and what's your favorite style to sing and play? I mean, I love doing like old standards, you know, I love that kind of stuff. So and I also, swing. Yeah. Like, like old, you know, like torch songy type stuff. And, right. um, you know, I like sit there and play, play stuff that Blossom Deary did and stuff that, 
that Nat King Cole did and, and, and that whole world. You know, I was listening to Ella and Sarah when I was in high school. Um, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, the harmonies are tough. Yeah. They can be. Yeah. But, and I've, I've done a lot of those kinds of gigs. I used to play at F. Scott's um, back when that was here in town. Okay. And, uh, same thing. Like they, they were like, I think it was a night when you weren't supposed to be singing. You're supposed to be just playing, but I don't really do that. So I'd sing anyways. Um, sure. I just loved it. You know, just playing all those standards. So Still that's one your of my favorite things to do. Number one thing. Uh, I mean, it's, it's one of the, I mean, my, the, the stuff that I write is much more soul R and B flavored. Um, and, uh, and I do a lot of that stuff on, you know, my, my, my solo gigs of my own material, a lot of that type of stuff. Um, have you done recordings too? Oh yeah. So a lot. I've got five records out. Oh my goodness. I had no idea. Yeah. Wow. Uh huh. But interestingly enough, the, the most recent record I put out was 2016 and, um, I only played on one song because I, we wanted to record it live as much as possible, and I knew what I've done a lot in the past is you know is is I have somebody else like I I I mentioned Bruce earlier and, and Bruce had brought amazing people to me. Um, Clayton Ivy was one of the keyboard players that that he brought to me, and, and Clayton played on my couple of records, and um, along with uh, Shane Keister and Andy McMahon. Um, so some pretty heavy hitters and and uh, Bobby did Bobby play on one? Bobby Ogden played on one too, but um, Clayton would play stuff. He he'd play on the record, and then when I'd go do it live, I'd steal the way Clayton did it. You know, I'd learn how Clayton played it, right? Because that worked better. Yeah. Um, because before I was just bang 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 bang. You know, when I, when I didn't have. I had the song in my head. I'd written the song, and right. I kind of knew how I wanted the groove to go, but Clayton could flesh it out better. And I was like, all right, how'd you do that? Uh-huh. So then I'd learned it, and then I'd take that into the next time I was writing something. Oh, that's pretty I awesome. Know. Yeah, so I've, my groove plan has gotten a lot better just from listening to those kind of guys and learning their stuff, stealing licks. Yeah. I did a gig uh, a couple of years ago, one of the backup singer gigs um, that I do. Matt Rawlings was on the gig for a season. Right. And I was like... I'm just letting you know that I'm going to fangirl you really hard right now. I've been stealing your shit for years. He's like, great. That's what it's for. You couldn't have been more lovely. We had the best time. And just just getting to stand there and with him over my shoulder was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So great. That is so fun. great. I mean, I'd love to do, you know have that opportunity. Yes. Um, it's always nice to sit behind somebody at their gig mm-hmm. and watch. You yeah. don't want to be a jerk about it, but um, yeah, it's so it's so helpful to watch what people do. And, yeah. and the transcribing is a great way to learn. I yeah. think. I mean, it's the like when you mentioned that you were playing along with records. Mm-hmm. You know that you're playing with the best people. That makes yeah. that's the way to totally. do it. Yeah, yeah. How do they do that? How do I? How do I do that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a great way to learn. Best. Yep. That's what I learned, I think. And I still do that. I mean, like, going back to my most recent album, um, I wanted my buddy Danny to play keys on it because I wanted to, I didn't want to be thinking, I don't want my brain to be split between what am I playing, what am I doing, uh, and singing. I wanted to just, it was a really emotional record, and I wanted to just bleed onto the microphone, basically. Mm-hmm. Like Danny can, you know, Danny will, I know he'll do what's right. He's He's my latest inspiration for, like, his restraint is epic. <laughs> it's so good. And when he, he plays just two notes, another perfect two notes. He's so good. Danny Mitchell. 
he's out with Miranda Lambert right now. But um, so he played on all the songs, but one. There was one tune that was so rooted in what whatever I did was like the core of it. We tried it. Nielsen Hubbard, who produced it, was like, he's like, I want you to play in this one. I was like, eh, let's just let Danny try it because this formula has been working for everything else. We tried it, and I was like, nope, out, you know. So that's the one that we tracked. You know, they just followed me. Okay. Um, and I just played. We actually schlepped my roads over to over to Nielsen's studio, and I played it. And that's that track because it just. It didn't work any other way. Wow. Yeah. So you have a Rhodes. Mm-hmm. A Rhodes and a Whirly and... Really? A couple of pianos. Did yeah. you lug those around at some point or did you... No, or those just for no. your... They're just in the At house. your house. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is it a 73 or the full? Uh, just curious because I'm looking at one right now wanting to buy it. I remember. It's not, it's not that long, is it? No. It must not be. A, I think it's a 73. Okay. Those are so Isn't that nice. funny? I don't even know. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. in other words, keyboard is a, it's a, it's a, how do I put the util- utility in a way? Mm-hmm. It's been a means to an end for you, which I mean, I think that, um, it's been a great pal for sure. You know, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, it's been, it's been one of my tools and part of my, part of my expression and, and how can I, how can I serve the song with this or find a song with this or, or, um, Soothe my soul with this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, um, that is such a great way to put it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people just sitting around, you know, plonking on it mm-hmm. have probably gotten themselves through some things. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so versatile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The nice thing about piano, I think, I, I mean, I've, I really admire guitar players, and I love the way guitar sounds. Yeah. But I could never figure out the fretboard. Mm-hmm. And uh, the piano is just, you know, each pitch gets one... One it's placement. linear. It's linear. I mean, exactly. it kind of depends on like you know. I'm a math person. You know, this you'll laugh at this jacket. It's it's a musician jacket from my high school, but I have letters on it. I've got a math letter and an academic letter. We didn't have any sports at my high school, you know. And I actually rearranged my music classes at the arts high school to get the math classes I wanted. Cause wow, you know, I'm a theory person. Okay, um, but. Um, and, you know, and all my singer-songwriter buddies were like, Shakespeare and books. And I'm like, you know, like, give me geometry. Yeah. And they're like, you're weird. And I'm like, whatever. But, like, yeah, that's why I can sight read. It's a thing. It's how my brain works. But I remember teaching, um, I was teaching lessons in Austin. And uh, this guitar player, working guy in town, um, played gigs all over the place and stuff. And um, he wanted to learn some basic piano. And so he came to me, and, and I remember showing him. I was like, what I love about the piano is I showed him where the notes were. I said, look, look at what a C chord looks like on the staff. You see how it's evenly spaced? Look at what a C chord looks like on the piano. See how it's evenly spaced? Yes. Now, if you just move these two fingers up and you do an F chord, you just move up, still got a C in the bass, F, A. Look at it, look at it on this, what it looks like on the paper. You know, it looks, if, if you turn the paper this way, and he was like, whoa, you know, because guitar doesn't do that. Guitar, it's got its other set of things, the patterns that gotcha. work, in, and the pattern works here and here and here and here. Yes. But, yes. So you turn I the, ain't got there yet <laughs> with the patterns, <laughs> but the linear thing makes perfect sense to me. And you turn the step sideways, basically. Just to show him, just as it. As yes. A, I remember a book that was out the in the late 80s called A Soprano on Her Head. 
Yeah, I remember that. Yes, and this person talked about how if you're teaching somebody who's having trouble with reading the staff, that sometimes turning it sideways can really make everything make sense. Interesting. You're talking about like that. Yep. And that. Yep, exactly. First, uh, second inversion F major. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it, it is. It's just very friendly that way. Mm-hmm. Can you remember, you, you say you're a theory person, and, and also you just said you teach. So, you, I mean, you keep telling me stuff, and I'm like, oh my gosh, i got to ask her about that. <laughs> That's another element of this. Um, so, when you say you're a theory person, like, do you, did you use, uh, you, obviously you really did use that when you were learning how to play jazz. Like, do you remember how? Well, um, I mean, does it, is there, in other words, what I'm asking is, is there some kind of way you made it make sense in your mind how, like the, how the chords are made, or did you learn voicings? Or <sighs> I probably learned some voicings in there. I mean, I was never. It sounds like it's a tune by tune sort of thing. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Like and one tune know, leads to the next. Yeah. Like right. I knew. I understood the relationship between the notes, and I understood, like, what, okay. The relationships like, between the notes. Yeah, and, there and you the, the chords, that's you know, it. I know that you need to have a root and a third, and th- that's where you start. You got your root and your third, and that, you can do a lot with just that. You know, you got your major third or a minor third, you know, you, just a triad, major triad, minor triad, diminished, augmented, da-da-da, then you start throwing sevenths on there, tensions, stuff like that. Gotcha. So I understood how that all worked. Theoretically, gotcha. you know, I didn't have super fast facility with like, um, you know, where where some people who were like straight up piano players and okay, I'm I'm all piano all the time. If they'd start practicing inversions and you know, and I did some of that with Sam, like where you know, and and, and in high school too, just in like you know, um, like that kind of thing. Of, like, oh, I didn't, I don't have to move that much. You know? Yeah. Okay. Instead of just like going, right. snore, you know, or, um, just right. kind of, and I, sometimes people would show me those things and I go, oh, that's neat. And then I'd kind of see where I could apply that somewhere else. And It sounds like Route 66 for starters. I mean, if mm-hmm. you like that kind of style, you can, yeah. you know, there you go. You've got right. your beginning of, or songs like that. Right. But right. Yeah. Yeah. But, um. You know, it's funny that theory, I mentioned uh, Sister Marion earlier. Um, when I was in high school, in that keyboard ensemble, um, at some point, they brought Sister Marion in to work with us on some other kind of stuff. And I remember being like, where do I know you from? Like, are you? And I asked my mom, I was like, what was her name? They're like, yeah, that's her. I was like, okay. Um, and I was in this keyboard ensemble probably the weakest piano player because I hadn't had, you know, everybody else was like, had been taking classical piano since they were four and they still do. So they had all the, blah, 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 blah. they had okay. much more dexterity. Okay. Um, I was like the idiot singer that they let be in the keyboard thing. Um, awesome. And, uh, yeah. And so I was always like the last one, like, burr, burr, burr. but so we're in there with sister Marion and she's having us like do, uh, alto clef. And, te- you know, different clefts and stuff like that. She, like, <laughs> and weird old, like, stuff that doesn't... Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And so she, basically, she's saying, well, what you do is you transpose it, you take it down an octave and then up a third or whatever, you know, something like that. And, I, and so they're all doing math. And I'm, like, just looking at what the melody sounds like. Okay. So suddenly, I'm leading the pack. And they're all, like... What the hell? How do you? How'd you do that? And I was like, Well, I could see that it goes boop ba da ba ba, 
And I just played that on whatever starting note she said that is. The shape of the melody. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I could see I could see the melody. Okay. Um, and I was like, I, I know what that sounds like. One note you want me to start on? Cool. You know. Okay. I understand that that's like, you know, ba-ba-ba, that's going to be minor third, you know, ba-da-ba-ba, and then just walking up a scale. Oral scales. Yeah. And I also had, um, we learned uh, intervals in high school. And I was so lucky. Again, there's so many like happenstance little things. Um, I mentioned rearranging my math, my music classes to get the math classes I want. There was a whole class that on intervals and theory or something like that. And, um, but I really wanted that geometry class or something. I don't know what it was, advanced math. I don't know. It's so weird. Um, so I sat down with the orchestra teacher one day and he taught me intervals like in a day. He's like, okay, let's start here. Mm. Minor second. Sounds like Jaws. I'm like, got it. What's next? You know, <laughs> and, and he had a song or, a, or an example for every interval. Did he really? Yeah. For every single one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. It sounds like do, re, do, re, mi. And I was like, got oh. it. What's next? Okay. And because I was already, it, it fed into the ear I already had, the yes. solfege that I already done, kind of how... Yes. Again, in hindsight, it was perfect for me. Right. And and it just it clicked and it stuck with me. And not everybody would would have the same reaction, but yes, I was like intervals. Got it. What what's tomorrow? You know? Yes. So then when I got to Berkeley and we did our placement tests, um, <laughs> I think I was like arranging one harmony two, ear training, seat chairman, and I was like, oh great, I flunked out. I'm an idiot. You know, um, whatever that. That wiring is that we always assume, you know, sell ourselves short and assume the worst. Um, so I walked in. I'm 18. I've probably got big, stupid 80s hair and a, and a Harley Davidson T-shirt on. And I'm sure that that ear training chair just looked at me like, who, how, what are you? He's like, have you ever had an ear training class before? I said, no, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. What's an ear training class? I never had something called ear training, but what it, what is it? Right. He's like, because you did almost perfectly on this placement exam. And I was like, I did. <laughs> so then I was like, okay. As I remember thinking when I was taking the test, I, I was thinking back to Mr. Watson and the intervals and blah, 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 and, and BC major. So, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And guessing yeah. at stuff. Oh, and yeah. um, so he tested me out at your training one through four. And then he goes, have you ever done Soulfish? I said, like, oh, I've been doing Soulfish since I was in second grade. And he goes, all right. So he tested me out of Soulfish 1 and 2. I remember calling my dad and saying, I just tested out of 14 credits. He's like, keep it up. You know? <laughs> He's watching the bottom line go down financially. And this is at Berkeley. Yeah. Wow. So my this, first semester, this, I was in a class. I was in advanced year training one. Okay. Your confidence must be growing. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking you're thinking yeah, yes, I'm in the I, right place. Yeah, but I also, like, every other day I was like, any day now, they're going to figure out that I don't know what I'm talking about, you know. <laughs> there must be some mistake here. Because I just sort of didn't know. And I, I, my kingdom for, for some more of that beginner's mind these days. Oh, yeah. You know, we, I think, I think we're, we're at a detriment when we, when we know too much. Because you're not yes. as willing, you know, because we assume we don't know the right way to do it or the perfect way to do it. Whereas if you know absolutely nothing about it, you're just like, mm-hmm. sure, I'll try this. Try anything. Yeah. The fool, basically. Yes. Um, yes. Um, you know, and I feel like freedom in music is is um, a, pro- a direct product of that innocent 
I'll try anything, you know. Yeah. That it, it feeds freedom. It feeds a creativity. Yes. Um, and, and just, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to put it just exactly, but it makes music better. Yeah. I think so. And, and that makes me think of, of what I said to you earlier in, in that, you know, when you asked me about doing this podcast, my first reaction was, I'm not a real piano player. You probably want real piano players on your podcast. Um, and, but over the years, I've learned that, you know, while I may consider myself a singer who plays piano, um, uh, I am a real piano player. And there's a legitimacy to what I do. And, you know, and there's a viability to what I do as well. But, but I do a thing, I, you know, I'm not going to do the same kind of thing that, that some of these, um, you know, I can't do what Matt Rollins can do. Um, but I don't know that Matt Rollins can do what I do. Right. Yeah, exactly. no, I, I have a thing that I do and I've learned to value it and yeah. even if it takes uh, me reminding myself of that some days <laughs> so thanks for the opportunity oh, thank to you remind so myself about that um, yeah. I totally relate on the opposite side of the spectrum there I'm, I always say I'm not a real singer mm. but yet I'm singing you know, in my gig because yeah. I, I had to Yeah, I got paid to it. sing right Absolutely. That counts. <laughs> Absolutely. That counts. And um, yeah, it's um, I'm just approaching from the opposite side of where you do. Yeah. But yeah, I know exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Um, and I don't think Matt Rollins can do what you do. I think right. it's um, it's um, it's a very, we all have our own specialties. And um, right. Um, you mentioned. I want to ask you all the kinds of gigs you're doing and stuff, but look, before I forget, mm-hmm. just trying to keep it all in my head because you said <laughs> so much stuff. You said you taught for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Do you teach now? Uh, I am not teaching right now, but that's just because nobody's asked. Um, my schedule's weird. For a while, I, you know, I was trying to advertise and trying to do it more um, here or in other places. Uh, I did so in Austin before I went off and taught at Berkeley, and then I did I did so here when I first moved to town. Uh, okay. I was teaching more, but. Um, I kind of still teach now when somebody reaches out to me, when somebody looks to me specifically for something. Gotcha. Um, and it's usually vocal stuff. Sometimes it's piano stuff. Like a friend will be like, hey, can you show me something? It's usually one of my guitar playing singer-songwriter friends. Like, can you show me some piano stuff? I'm like, okay, you know. <laughs> I'll show you that if you, like, show me some bar chords because, you know. Nice. Um, yeah. Um, kind of like a barter then. Yeah, totally, totally. But, uh, but I still uh, teach voice lessons sometimes if people are... are Okay. If I think I'm the right person, okay, um, for what they need, all yeah. right, and I'll, same thing on piano. And you taught at Berkeley, mm-hmm. in the voice, voice department. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so teaching is not really like um, a top passion, but you, if if someone, if the student shows up, yes, I've really enjoyed doing it. But you know, it's not, it's not my number one calling. Gotcha. Um, but but I have I have found great joy in doing it. Okay. Know? Yeah. And then how did? Uh, uh, wow. I just like. Uh, Okay, so you graduate from Berkeley, I guess, and then you, they hire you to work there. Uh, well, I, I graduated from Berkeley, and that's, that's when I, I left Berkeley, and I went back to Fiesta, Texas, danced around for a while, had okay. that meeting with Jay and Henry, and I went to Pat O'Brien's for two months, okay. then went to Austin for uh, five and a half years, and, and okay. that's, that's when I really learned to play piano better. Um, right. And uh, it was while I was in Austin that I was really kind of missing the academic aspect of music, the kind of the nerdy theory aspect, and sure. I started looking into going to graduate school and I realized pretty quickly that you can't just go to graduate school and take intro to stuff that's what undergraduate school you have to go to graduate school for something so I started thinking what would I what would I go to graduate school for and I started thinking about I could see myself teaching something like ear training at Berkeley something nerdy like that that I love 
Um, and in pursuing that, I ended up talking to my old teacher, Jan Shapiro, <laughs> um, yeah. who at, by then was the chair of the voice department. And uh, she was out of town, but she called me back and she's like, Kira, it's Jan, your favorite. I knew you'd come back. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember, and I'd forgotten she told me when I was, when I was a student, she said, you know, you, you'd be a good teacher. And I was like, oh, whatever. I'm going to be a star, whatever. <laughs> she's like, mm-hmm. I'll see you in five years, you know, <laughs> whatever. And there I was. She's like, I told you. There um, is a need. Do you still, do you do your, ear, you do ear training? That's what you did at Berkeley? No, I taught in the voice. Well, yes and no. I mean, I taught, I taught a lot of private lessons. Okay. Um, and, you know, technique and stuff and, uh, and just getting out of your own way, which is what so much of voice lessons is. Um, but I also taught, um, I taught sight reading. Which okay. is sort of like reverse ear training. The first, uh, I, I, I filled in for another teacher, um, I guess in a sight reading class, sight singing class. And I, again, didn't know, I'd never taught a sight singing class. I'd never had a sight singing class because I could always just do it. And I was like, how, how do you teach this? Can it be taught? And, um, and I just went in with my best, like, everything I could think of that, here's how I figure stuff out. And thinking about intervals and thinking about... I said sight reading for singers is like reverse ear training because we don't have, we don't have a G button, we don't have a, a, right. a you know a, a D string or or an E flat key. You right. Know? We can't look at our hand and go, oh, my hand is in the wrong place. You have to hear it first. So sight reading is like reverse ear training is how I think about it. And I would just wow. did my best with them and and you know I had one of my private students was like, have you taught this class before? I was like. Oh, here, here we go. Here it is. Here's where I get fired, folks. Everybody watching? And I was like, She's like, because I've learned more today than I have in the first, you know, six weeks of school. And I was like, Absolutely. Yeah. And just, which I guess just goes to show you that everybody, you know, everybody does it differently, plays it differently, hears it differently, understands it differently. Mm-hmm. Playing it by ear versus playing it by reading, you know, they're equally valid. It's just how people understand it and find their way to it. I have a feeling that what you're talking about could really help some of my students who play by ear extremely well and mm. really despise the reading. Yeah. And I, I you know, I, I have mixed feelings. I, I, I love that they play by ear. I, mm-hmm. I, I want to promote that. And, sure. and I, I mean, I revel in it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so happy for them. Yeah. That they're, cause, yeah. Because to me, that's mm-hmm. um, that's the key, really. To yeah. you know, I mean, not no pun intended there, but um, <laughs> that's 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 joy for the rest of their lives. That's something Absolutely. that can never be taken away. They'll always have that. Yeah, yeah. And it's so organic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just so it's, it can be so personal. Yeah, and it really can build you as a human being. I think mm-hmm. um, to be able to play music from your heart. Yeah, with so much expression and nothing in between. Um, but. You know, I feel bad if I send them out of here not able to read. Yeah. I feel like that's part of my responsibility. Yes. So I feel like you, that your method, this you called it reverse... Reverse ear training is what I called it. Reverse ear training. Mm-hmm. Like, could you give me, like, just a brief one-minute lesson how that works? If I wanted to try that out on some of these kids that I are think, just... How would, I, how would I apply that to a piano player who plays by ear? Like, um, Is there any way? Well, yeah. I mean, like, if you had to write it down. Like, you know, what if... 
So I could give them a melody and ask them to write it. Yeah. Play, might, play me something. Now write it down for me. You know, how are you gonna you know, how are you gonna show this to a friend who doesn't play by ear? Ah mm-hmm. that might do it. Mm-hmm. I wanna try that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So just re- reverse it so they have to think about how it appears on the staff. Yep. Yep. And figure it out. Yeah. And then like, what if you okay, okay, this is killer. This this part that you just wrote, killer. You know, there's going to be a lot of people that want to learn this and people who don't play it by ear. So they're going to need sheet music. How are you going to give it to them? If you don't know what those notes are, if you can't put that out there somehow. It's just, it's a language. And it's, and it's to mm-hmm. me, it's, um, I still want to learn that whole, like, shape note singing thing because I'm like, wait, what? There's a whole other language that I don't know? Let me add it. <laughs> Let me add it. Um, <laughs> they have that at Belmont. I think every February yeah. they have a big shape note singing day. I need to go do that. You should. I need to just go get a book and you know nerd out on it and figure out how it works. But um, I've got one. Um, I don't know where it is, <laughs> <laughs> but it was called the Heavenly Highway Hymnal. Yeah, you could look that up nice on eBay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, shape yeah. Note. Weird, huh? But it's just, I mean, that language. Like when I when I showed Larry that guitar player, when I showed him, like, check it out. Here's what it looks like. It's shaped the same. You know and um, and it, to me, it really does feel like a, like a language and, and if you could be bilingual, why wouldn't you be bilingual? Exactly. Um, yeah. Right. There's, there's no, you know, no, no one way is, is better or worse than any other way. They have, they have different pros and cons and different applications. And, yes. Um, yes. but like, how can you, that's great that you can do that. How are you going to communicate to that, to the other players? Yeah. How are you going to tell your bass player what you're playing? Yes. You know, you're going to get, you're going to have a whole lot more opportunities um, to work with, to play well with others yes. if you can speak the same language and not just have, well, what, what are you playing right there? I don't know. It goes like this. Like, yeah, but what is it? What chord is it? Oh, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I know some geniuses yeah. that I wish could tell me what they're doing. Sure. <laughs> sure. And, you know, I do too. I mean, I know, I know singers who are incredible who, who don't read and they don't really do numbers but yeah they've got their way of doing it and understanding it and and once they get it they're going to nail it to the wall and you know again there's not a not a right way to do it there's right. i'm a nerd and i love understanding all the different I languages agree. and ways to do it i um, agree me too but, yeah i think i do it mostly from the perspective of being a teacher and mm-hmm. wanting to reach people yeah and knowing that you know they're they're not thinking the way i'm thinking mm-hmm. and so how can i wrap my head around what they're what they're yes yeah, so when somebody asks you well how do i how do you how did you learn to do that or how do i do that and i go that, that's a really good question i don't know how do i do that mm-hmm. because i've been doing it so long i don't remember how i figured it out so right. you learn more by teaching than just about anything else it's fascinating yes i remember a piano student i had in austin for a while he was Kid was good. I was like, okay, it's a good thing I'm moving because in another two months you'd be passing me by and I wouldn't have anything left to give you. Because um, he was really good and um, he took to it. And I was talking about playing by ear. He goes, oh, I can't do that. I go, yeah, you can. He's like, no, all right. I said, play Jingle Bells for me. You know how Jingle Bells goes, right? He's like, <laughs> and off he went. And he was like, oh, I'm I was like, see, isn't that fun? You know. He does. just I watched his face just like <gasps> Yes. It just hadn't occurred to him to yeah. try. Right. Because he was really good at the reading stuff and he, his hands worked really well. Yeah. Know. Yes. So yeah. I said, yeah, have fun. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Off you go. Right. Yeah. It was fun. 
That was really fun. After you, okay, so I'm just trying to get a timeline here. After you left Berkeley yeah, teaching, did you come move to Nashville? And what made you move yes. to Nashville? Uh, well, I realized, you know, I was still, I was in my 20s when I was teaching at Berkeley. I was in my late 20s. And I realized that, um, and I was playing, you know, solo piano gigs in bars on the South Shore on the weekends, you know, trying to just trying to make money. Yeah. Um, and I realized that I still hadn't done what I wanted to do. Um, and that I really wanted to be in a music town and, you know, doing, doing this stuff. You know, I hadn't, I hadn't really taken a whack at it yet. Mm -hmm. And so my husband at the time, we were talking about, okay, because he's a musician too. He's like, if we're going to do this, we should be in a music town. We got Nashville, LA, New York. He said, I think the things that you don't like now about Boston, you would like even less about New York. Both of us looked at LA and went, you know, and suddenly I remembered, wait a minute, I know a ton of people in Nashville. I've wanted to go there since I was a kid. How did I forget? I don't know. So then it was just, I started reaching out to everybody that I knew and calling people, cold calling people and going, hi, I'm new to town. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And um, one of the funniest, like, you know, you never know where these connections are going to happen. You never know who's going to show up where. And um, I was on a session, a vocal session, with uh, a friend that I'd met through I'd met Bruce, who produced those records for me, and this was before he produced those records, but one of his dear friends was a woman named Lisa Silver, who's a great, great um, singer, fiddle player and stuff, and she's done a lot of touring and records and stuff like that. Um, and uh, so Lisa had gotten to know what I could do, and was like, somebody called her to do a session, so she got me on this session, and um, it was me and Lisa and a guy named Bergen White, who... Um, I didn't know who this Bergen White person was, but I've come to know now that Bergen White is the biggest badass in Nashville. Um, he's he's an arranger, string arranger, vocal arranger, contractor. Um, he was the last arranger that Elvis ever used. He was the musical director for the CMA Awards for years. He's he's all over everything. Um, he knows everybody. He's done everything. He's amazing. And but this was just a, a head chart session, which is none of the parts were arranged. It was just. You know, you'd listen to the thing, and um, Bergen was sitting there just kind of jotting down the chords in the control room for each song as it'd go by, just writing numbers. And then he'd go, okay, I think, you know, on this one, let's do let's do ooze, and, you know, Kira, you'd be on the fifth, and Lisa, you know, and we'll just go from there. And then he'd kind of just point up, when we get to this phrase, if it goes to the four chord, are we going up or are we going down? What are we doing? You know, and we kind of, eh, let's, I don't like that better. Tits, take it up in inversion. So just head charts that way. Wow. And one time... Uh, you know, we're back in the control room. They're playing through the next song. And Bergen was distracted, so I just grabbed a piece of paper and pencil and start jotting down the chords to the song as it goes by. And he looks over and he's mm, okay, you know. Um, and we finished the session, and I was playing that night. There was a place in town called The Wild Boar that I used to play at uh, on weekends. And, okay. I remember um, The Wild Boar. Yeah, yeah. And so I'd just be sitting over there playing whatever, and I'm over there playing some standard or something. And all of a sudden, in walks Bergen with his date. And he's like, well, I'll be. He said, I was in there having dinner, and I heard you know, I heard some music, and I heard somebody playing all the right chords to these standards, because I don't often hear that. He said, is that somebody live in there playing? I said, yeah, her name is Kira. He goes, wait a minute, is that that girl from this? He said, I just had to see for myself that it was that girl that I did a session with that day. Whoa. Like, Hi. <laughs> and nice. it was probably two weeks later when he called and uh, said, hey, listen, I got this, I got this deal. Uh, Martina McBride's doing this thing, and... Uh, in Chicago, it's it's a PBS soundstage thing, and so it's a TV gig, and blah, 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 you know, and I was just like, 
that was my first gig with an artist and my first TV gig. I had and nice. Because he, after he saw that, he called Lisa. He said, hey, listen, can she, you know, I know she can do this stuff, but can she read? Can she do, you know, is she cool? And Lisa was like, Bergen, she can do whatever you need her to. Um, How and, great. And now. Did you play piano on that no, game? No. Oh, you, oh so you sang backups. Vocal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so that was my nice. first vocal session. Yeah, how, or my that's... first, not my first vocal session, but my first, my first live gig with a with an artist like that. And I've been working with Martino off and on ever since then. Really? Know? Yeah. And it's a re- that's with a reading. Bergen. <laughs> oh, how wonderful! Yeah. That was a reading gig. Yeah. I want my my students to hear that again. That was a yeah. reading gig, a vocal <laughs> reading gig, mind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It can be done. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I bet that was a great opportunity and experience yes. and I've done and Bergen still calls me you that's know wonderful. I was on a session with him yesterday yeah that's wonderful yeah. Kira wow yep that's amazing truly mm-hmm. I'm so inspired oh thanks yes mm-hmm. I mean just right time right place but you were prepared yeah you would you know you you knew what you were good at you honed it you, mm-hmm. you really worked hard at your good at your skill and yeah and sometimes you you know you don't it, it takes you a minute to realize what's actually a skill if it's something that you just do instinctively, like, oh, this is actually <laughs> so marketable. Wait, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. but yeah, obviously, you know, I had to learn how to match match my vocal tone to other people, or you know, and, and in playing too. I mean, I can count. I've done precious few piano sessions just because that's not what I do. I mean, I'll play on my own records and stuff, and um, and every now and again I'll play on somebody else's, but mostly I'm singing for people. Um, Right, but um, playing live and all these kinds of things, like how to uh, how to serve the song or serve the artist, as opposed to just like mm-hmm. I know these chords, I know these licks, blah, 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 you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. having it be about you. Um, gotcha. And that's that's kind of unless you're going to just be a solo like lead piano player guy, like you're going to, yeah, you know, right. That's your gig. Yeah. Um, then you're serving. You're part of. You're the part of the band. You're accompanying a singer. It's it's about serving the song. Yes. Um, and I still like. I watched a performance. Something I did. I did a writers round uh, a couple weeks ago, and somebody videoed one of my songs, and I was like, "Dang it! Stop overplaying." <laughs> like, okay. There's always work to do. <laughs> but you know, it just it goes that way some days. Yeah. Yeah, but it sounds like the. I mean, it's not. It, it's um, it's not that important. It's right. it's um, it serves a, the purpose that it's mm-hmm. supposed to serve for you. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's a support system. Yeah. The piano. It sounds like mm-hmm. the piano's been a great support to you. Absolutely, it has been. Yeah. Um, in in many ways, theoretically, artistically. Yes. I mean, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. performance wise, I mean, yeah. it's made, It sounds like it's just gotten you a lot of gigs. Mm-hmm. The fact that I can just go, you know. Do it by yourself. Go do it by myself. Yeah, I do that a lot. I do. I do a lot of house concerts and stuff, and I just throw my keyboard in the car. And keyboard, what kind of keyboard PA. do you have? I've got a um, a Korg SB one. I love it. That's the vintage sounds mm-hmm. keyboard. Yeah, it's a really yeah. nice keyboard. Yeah, because again, I've never been like I'm not the person who's in the band doing strings and blah, 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 you know doing all that fancy stuff, and I've never gotten into programming or MIDI or whatever. Like, it's funny. Like, I still there's a way you can program program like favorites in there there's like one through eight or something right and what i love about this keyboard is it doesn't have any menus it's all it's knobs it's got a tube in it yeah you know yes. it's it's analog just like my truck my truck is all analog you know <laughs> right. you have to roll the windows crank them you know <laughs> oh yeah. i love it you have to lock the doors by hand um 
Sweet. I don't I don't write songs on computer. I write them on paper and pencil. I'm I'm weird, but um yeah. But I can I still don't too. like you know. I'm sure I could the sounds that I use. I could I could program them in there. Mm-hmm. I've never done it. I've had this keyboard for eight years or something like that. I just know that I turn this. It's I'm like oh piano three piano boop mm-hmm. boop three yes. Whereas opposed to, I could just make that sound number one and go boop. But yes, nope. That I, takes the mystery away. <laughs> no, I can relate. I do. I mean, I have a really nice keyboard, and I need to. I need to take a day off and yeah. like lock the door and like make everybody go away and learn this keyboard. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's torture to me. Yeah, I have to read a manual. I yeah. really. I just need to work my way around it mm-hmm. organically. And I mean, I've got Pro Tools at the house. People go, oh, you could produce your own records. I, I would sooner saw off my own foot. <laughs> I'm with you. You know, you just you do the do yes. the things that inspire you. Yes. Um, I'm so with you on that yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> I I need like just the easiest to get out of the way mm-hmm. and just so I can just play. And, yeah. yeah. Well, and there's also kind of the the uh, you know there's a fine line between like just being lazy and you know I don't want to do anything. Um, I just want this all to come to me. But but when it comes to music, it's such a if you're if you're doing it too much for work and it becomes work and you and you can lose the yes lose the heart for it and lose the spirit for it. And I, I think that's happened to everybody at some time. We just get burnt out on, mm-hmm. like, wait a minute. I used to do this because it was fun. And now it's my job, and, and I'm not having fun with it. Like, I need to reevaluate and right. get back to the fun aspect of it. Right. Because um, uh, that's, that's the scary part about when, when the thing that you love and the thing that, that defines you and is so much a part of your heart and soul and spirit and... Um, is also the thing that you do for a living. It, it's, it's. I hear you. It's danger time sometimes. It can be. Yeah, yes. it can be. Yeah. I know you mentioned at the beginning um, when we were just just starting to talk about you love the versatility of yeah. all of the many things that you yeah. do. That helps me stay fresh. It really does. You too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite thing to do? Do you can you? You probably can't say. <laughs> probably what you're doing at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, so I do love. Recording? Uh, yeah, I love I love being on vocal sessions because it's it it feeds so much of there's nothing like singing with other people, like it's such a magical, synergistic experience. Um, and um, and I do so much stuff on my own that I can't do on my own. Although I have done a lot of like, you know, I found this little app where you can you know make a little Brady Bunch version of yourself, and so I have like nine of me singing, you know, doing vocal arrangements and That's stuff. That's cool. Because I'm a nerd and I'm weird. What's um, the name of that app? Uh, it's called Acapella. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so I've got a bunch of those on my on my website. Hashtag singer nerd. <laughs> okay. On my, on my uh, YouTube page or my website. But um, yeah, I'd like to. I, I would like to list some of your sites and things. Oh, on yeah, the links yeah. Uh, yeah. on the podcast so that people can find you. Sure, sure. Um, you can you can just start at kirasmall.com, K I R A small. Okay. Like the size. Only one. I'm not. I'm not Kira Smalls. Contrary <laughs> to popular opinion. <laughs> I'm not Biggie's little sister. <laughs> No, <laughs> but um, but uh, so that's that's a special like I love to sing. I love to sing with other people, and I love hearing you know when harmonies and parts and stuff come together. Mm-hmm. That's freaking delicious to me. Yeah. Um, but I also love just being able to sit down and play a whole song. Like I, one of the things I do is is I go play for senior centers. Um, there's a, really? a program in town called Music for Seniors. I am familiar with that. Yeah, yeah. My friend Sarah started, and um, and so when they when they call and send me off somewhere, um, you know, they just send me to places that have a piano, 
and I'll just sit there and play, wow. you know, play, it had to be you, and I play Aww. stuff like that, and, and watching them, like, light up and sing along. It's nice. Yes. Yeah. Do you know Tennessee Waltz? Yup. You know. Are you, you Kathy Klein? Yup. No. <laughs> and so they'll call off requests? Sometimes they will. Yeah. Would you call yourself an extrovert? Yeah. Okay. I think so. I think, you know, that's sort of important for the, um... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Piano bar, du- yes. dueling piano, sort of. Um, so it seems like it's. Yeah, I'll talk to a tree. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. it's a big deal, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe band people maybe can get away with being a little less mm-hmm. extroverted. Yeah, yeah. Because you've got more people to carry the weight of the mm-hmm. entertaining aspect of right. music. But. Um, I'd say I'm a little bit more introverted, mm-hmm. so that, you know maybe that's maybe that has shaped you know the choices that we make probably. as piano players. Yeah, probably what our natural personality is. Too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've certainly got some introvert in me, but I think the dominant characteristic is a little more extroverted. Right. My my dad used to say he could, you know, he could tell which kid was home um, if he assumed the house was empty. <laughs> He would often, two hours later, find my brother in a corner reading in the dark like this. But he could tell I was home from halfway up the stairs because every light was on, the TV was on, the radio was on, and I was on the phone. I just needed to be connected all the time. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> my brother's a doctor. I, I make noise for a living. Whatever. You know? <laughs> Great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I so enjoy getting to know you, getting yeah. to meet you, and talk with you. Um, I'm just curious. Would you like to play something? Sure. You sure. Know, um, sing if you like. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's what I do. Yeah, do your thing. Okay. Um, I have yeah. a, you know, have an upright piano here. It's, I, this is my teaching studio. Mm-hmm. But um, make yourself comfortable. Um, Michelle. Oh, I was thinking this is one of the ones that, um, just one of my favorite old Nat King Cole songs, and I start a lot of my, a lot of my gigs with this. I, I played, I did a four months at the, at the Four Seasons, five nights a week in Austin, um, 10, 15 years ago, and that was, I'd done a weekly gig, but a five nights a week, man, by about day four, my chomps were like, oh, hey, I'll look at that, you know. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. Um. But this is one of my favorites from That's challenging to keep yourself um, in-house. Sane, yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's probably number one. Yeah, that was a doozy. (laughs) After about four months, I was like, four months, I can do it. Yes. (laughs) And then I'd go back and do a few weeks at a time. I was like, perfect. (laughs) With breaks in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But...
Are you? Do you do gigs in town? Uh, like like I this? I forget to do gigs in town. No, you know, I I don't know where to do that anymore. I want to come hear you. Do yeah, you, do yeah. A, an hour or two. I'd I, love to do that in town somewhere. You need to be doing yeah. that somewhere. Yeah. Um, that was great. Yeah, I, I did. That. I did something that uh, I had my trio at D's a couple weeks ago, but. Uh, I love Oh. 
I love stealing those licks from people. Nice. But I gotta be careful that I'm not, because I can get lost in like. <laughs> Bruce always used to say, he's like, nobody goes home humming the piano part. They don't go home humming the drum part. Mm. They go home humming the words. Yeah. So they don't get in the way of those. Okay. So, yeah. That's why I'm always trying to uh, play the groove without, you know. <laughs> Those are wise words, mm-hmm. and um, but I mean, it, I'm not I'm not hearing you being heavy-handed at all, and I mean, that's, you're very tasteful. I mean, Thanks. you're yeah, you're a great player, Thanks. great singer. I mean, my goodness, and the songs, I love the songs. So, Thanks. I mean, th- th- I, I'm assuming that was an original. Yeah. So what was yeah. that one called? It's called uh, On the Inside. That's one off of my on of my record. I'm in 2016 called 3 a.m. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. we're, I'm going to put all the information on the website so people can, you know, find you, post oh. where you're going to play. Yeah. I mean, I would like to come hear you play. Yeah. Um, well, I'll make a, pay, a pitch for this. Um, as much as people like, oh, I follow you on Instagram or Facebook, and please do that because that's fun too. Um, there is absolutely no substitute for being on an artist's mailing list because you know how Facebook algorithms are weird. You don't see stuff and blah, 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 blah. And True. They, they hide posts where you talking about where your gig is you know those those get fewer uh i don't know they hide those sometimes but getting on an artist mailing list is the best one of the absolute best ways you can support somebody so y'all do that okay yeah way uh way to take charge of your career (laughs) you know (laughs) i mean it has to be done Uh, and uh um i i like that yeah you kind of forget the simple things like that just have a mailing list you know just reach out to people yeah yeah. And and not through Facebook sometimes, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. People are like, oh, I'll see it on Facebook. And then you post 15 <laughs> times on Facebook, and then you go play your gig, and then they're like, oh, well, you're here. Next time you're here, call me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, I will do that with every friend I have in every town. Thank you very much. Or you could just get on my mailing list. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do it today. Yay! <laughs> That's a tangent, though. Sorry. Got a little tweak on that one. No, I think it's really good. Um, okay. Well, you know, Kira, I hate to, but I guess we'll bring it to a close. Um, I, wow. I feel like I could just talk to you for another hour or two. Um, and I, I may be calling you for some help on a few things. I think. I love Um, it. I love it. It's been really fun. Yeah. I'd like to talk to you more about this, um, the harmony singing. Yeah. Cause, um, I think that's, that might be a way to reach some kids. Yeah. That I'm working with right now. Yeah. 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 So. Awesome. And also, I'd like them to, you know, to know that they could, they, this is an option for them. Mm-hmm. That they could accompany themselves as a singer. And it's not just playing, you're playing groovy bass lines. Mm-hmm. You're, your chords are swinging. I mean, you were swinging. Yeah. And you were taking some fills that were yeah. just, you know, very, very nice. So well, yeah. That took a minute to find that kind of stuff. It didn't, it didn't start off sounding that way. But, yeah. But I was getting paid to play shows <laughs> while I figured it out. So there's a pitch for playing an instrument. <laughs> you know, if you, if, you got the, if you got the gonads to stand up there and try it, you know. Yes. Yeah, you're better than you think. Most of us usually are. Ah, I'm gonna, let's leave them with that. That's Perfect. a really great way to, to yeah. end it. Nobody can do what you do. Remember that. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, Thanks, thank, Amy. thank you so much for being yeah, here. Yeah, you bet. Take care.